This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these are opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Nicole, thank you for coming tonight. Yeah. You, like, you were one of my oldest friends in recovery since coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, by that I mean one of the people that I've known the longest in recovery and still respect. So that okay. is... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you're not the only one, but you're one of them. Thanks. Like, where I still have like, a lot of respect for how you attempted to live your life and how you try to live your life like today, right? Thank so, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, I can't tell my story now because it will change the way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. No, no. It's... I have a feeling that your story is part of why I like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, because, I mean, usually weird people flock together, right? Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> oh, um, well, I'm from the Maritimes. Oh, From I New Brunswick. <laughs> uh, the oldest of five. Um, I forgot you had four siblings. Yeah. Four. Are you, you're the oldest? So, the oldest, okay. yep. My brother moved out here three years ago, got married, met an awesome lady. Um, we have, we're like, we hang out every single weekend. Oh, do you? Yeah, and I had so much guilt mm-hmm. with my brother and our relationship growing up because I was horrible to him. Oh, okay. Like... I was not, the, the, you know, I mean, I was an older sibling and I see that with my own kids mm-hmm. now, but um, yeah, so we get to have a good relationship. I love him. Yeah. He's very, if you think I'm blunt, my brother is like a hundred times more yeah. blunt and straightforward, which cool. I like. I respect him a lot. So. Yeah. I respect that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, shaking inside, a little nervous. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know, you know, I, I did my story last year after like basically dragging my heels to do it. Yeah. But I, I, I woke up one day and I was like, you know, what level of vulnerability does it take, right, yeah. to get on there and do that? And so I had to do it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is not fun. Like afterwards, because <laughs> yeah. mine, of course, was also exorbitantly long because I am a fucking talker, right? <laughs> like it was awfully long. He managed to sit through the whole five hours of the thing. Five hours? Yeah. Oh well, basically we recorded for five hours and then something like four hours and 20 minutes came out of it. But Good. it was like, I afterwards I felt, I, I felt like that modicum of regret. I yeah. was like, oh my God, like I talked about things I've never talked about, right? Yeah. But then I, time goes by. 
It's like your first speaker meeting. Yeah. You know, where you're totally. like up on the podium and I'm like, oh my God, everybody can see my Twitch. Like totally. <laughs> they, the cool thing about they this know. This is radio. Nobody yeah. can see your Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see my Twitch either. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, no, it's good. I I um I got sober in medicine hat. Mm. Um How long have you been sober now? 13 years. 13? Nice. Yeah. I thought I thought what you said on the way up. I just wanted to double check. Yeah. It's far out. It's Good job. So crazy to think that it's been 13 years. Like I remember being 10 months mm-hmm. and sitting in a meeting and being like, I can't wait till I'm 10 years sober. And yeah. it's just gone by so quickly. Yeah. Where does it go? So, it, so quickly. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's so good. That's, that's kind of what life is like, eh? When the booze is gone and we're just living. Yeah. It just kind of goes. Yeah. yeah. Just living. Yeah. Working and have the kids. So I have three kids. My oldest is 19. Shut up. Yeah, 19. I can't believe you're the mother of a 19 year old. I know. Well, I had him when I was 18. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, he's, he grew up in the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And um, I say he works the program better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a good, really good kid. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, then I got the two babies. Mm-hmm. We got Lucas and, and Vivian. Um, Lucas and Vivian. Yeah, they're the big part of my life right now. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, we're on, still home, I'm still home with them because yeah. of the COVID and everything. So just doing that and then looking after them mm-hmm. becomes all my focus. Yeah. So what brought yeah. you to us? What brought you to wanting to recover? Oh, <laughs> like seriously, I mean, but that's, that's kind of part of the story, right? Is the what, pain. Yeah. What, what forced that pain? Yeah. Like I was, you know, I didn't, I, well, I look back and I only drank for 12 years. Mm-hmm. I never really dabbled in a whole lot of hard stuff that, yeah. that scared me. Mm-hmm. Like it made me very nervous. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I was 24 and, you know, I was living in a woman's shelter, they being investigated by children's services mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do was leave so that I could go to the bar, but it was, I never really, I was like drinking in the Royal and the Cecil at the end, like <laughs> living in a woman's shelter and I'm 24 years old. like. That's exciting shit. That is, it was so exciting. <laughs> I was like, man. The Cecil was exciting any night you went, so. Well, and I could go there and be like, I'm not as much of a train wreck yeah. as these people, but I am, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I am, so. But yeah. the extent we'll go to separate ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Even in the midst, yeah. even in the midst, yeah. so. So yeah, I got. Uh, I met a girl in the, she was in the woman's shelter too and she was just like bopping around super happy and I was like oh my god she's like I go to AA and I didn't think I was an alcoholic mm-hmm. for sure um, but uh, yeah started going to AA and I could really identify with not being able to stop once you start mm-hmm. like forget about the obsession part it was like Every time it was a hundred mm-hmm. and ten, you know, as soon as, as soon as I consumed alcohol, it was like, <sighs> I just want more. And, yeah. um, 
and they and people talked about like being they talked about stuff that was inside of me that I did not know how to articulate yeah. or even know that I was allowed mm-hmm. to articulate like That's a good I didn't way to describe it yeah I didn't I didn't know that you could talk about these things and move mm-hmm. past them like you know I love my parents but they just they didn't have those tools to to because for whatever reason you know and that's okay like mm-hmm. you know they did a great job um so yeah it's yeah in the woman's shelter going to meet it started going to meetings moved out i lived in low-income housing for four years mm-hmm. in medicine hat and you know i had to go to like a work placement program to teach me how to work and um you know starting to live this life of i really hated sharing in meetings i still do mm-hmm. and i did not want to go to meetings that they talked about the big book i yeah. was like no i just want to go to meetings and talk about myself that's like so, that's so far out hey where you came from you didn't want to go talk about the big book and now all you do is talk about the i big know book. I, I know i love it <laughs> yeah you're you're the first person and probably the only person that calls me a big book number, which i love i love that because i I'm love just that, you are. that. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, I love that you are. Even though I'm not, it, it doesn't like just because I'm not something doesn't mean I can't love someone who is, right? Like it's yeah. amazing. Well, and there's so much. Like I mean, there's yeah, it's because you're not cruel about it, right? So there's a difference. So there's yeah. there's some. I won't even use the same words because it's not really big book thumpers. Those are, there's people who are 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 mean about it. Yeah, right? and I've never sensed that you're mean and that, about it. And that's probably why. One of the reasons yeah. why I just kind of really appreciate that you are a big book. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because we need nice ones though, right? We- well, my first sponsor who has influenced my entire sobriety, she always said to me like, give people the grace and the dignity of a slow recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I'm not there to make anybody do anything, mm-hmm. you know. The and grace if- and which? And dignity. Dignity, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. So that's, her words have really stuck with me. A lot of stuff that she said to me. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You can tell us more. <laughs> like one time I remember when I was, and I know you've heard this probably, but like I went to her house and I would just show up at her house. Thank God she let me in. And <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, hey, because I, I can relate to that when I was first in here. Thank God the sponsor let me in. <laughs> I know, right? And so I'd show, I literally would show up at her door a total mess, like crying. And I can't say I don't call my sponsor now doing the same thing. (laughs) Um, I was literally just on the phone with one. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, I'd show up at her house and we'd talk about like, I'd tell her what's going on. And, you know, she'd just, she'd be, she'd said to me like, guess what they were saying about you at the meeting the other day. Mm. And I was like, what because I want to know because I'm like you know and she said absolutely nothing because you're not that important (laughs) oh my god you know it was like oh but that must have really shook you because I can remember feeling like everything was about me yeah so everywhere I went when I left obviously they were talking about me obviously yeah yeah Yeah. and I see that in other people now especially Mm. like at work you see that and stuff like that I'm like oh I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. But on the one hand, it's nice to recognize ourselves as human. Yeah. Right? Like absolutely. other humans who struggle and yeah. yeah. It just was such a growing point in mm-hmm. my Oh, okay. So, hmm. 
yeah, I can move on. I can move on from this and be okay with what she said and not be mad at her for what she said mm. and g- allow her to, to kind of show me the way. Mm. Same with all like all the sponsors. I usually yeah. like my number one thing is like, have you read the big book? Have you been through the steps? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to refer me back to the big book and the steps? And you know, and go down to that deeper level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm starting on that now. I started um, going to ABA, okay. which is Anorexic and Bulimic Anonymous. Okay. And it is... Do they still have meetings here in town? They do, but they're online. Okay. Well, obviously right now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they do a lot of like online meetings, though, too, like all over, just because it's such a small fellowship. And it's Anorexia Bulimic Anonymous? Anonymous, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we were, we were talking about that a few episodes back with oh, the lady. Oh, really? But we, but we couldn't remember. I couldn't remember what they called it. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a few like food ones, mm-hmm. but. Well, there's Overeaters Anonymous and different ones like that. But yeah. The, uh, I think there was only one, there was only one anorexic bulimia anonymous meeting in Alberta at one point, like oh, an yeah. in-person one. I don't know what it's like now, like when the lockdown's over, I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I literally, like I just started a few months oh, okay. ago. So right they're, it's just, it has woken me up to the amount of control mm. that I have tried to have in my life, yeah. even sobriety. Yeah. Like, it's like, I do, like, I'll try to control something and not even know <laughs> to control it. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's just, yeah. Well, I so don't, go ahead. Like, I don't like, I don't like what's happening. So I'll just do absolutely nothing mm. instead of like, like I don't necessarily always love living with my mother-in-law. Mm. And so instead of just being there and being like, okay, I can accept this. I will like do nothing. Like I'm like, I'm not going to clean up the house. I'm not going to like <laughs> clean up after my kids. This is and my then, protest. <laughs> this, this is my, my protest. My alcoholic protest song. That I'm going I'm to lie gonna. to myself and say that I don't actually have. <laughs> I'm just tired. Mm. <laughs> Like I, you know, and then coming to that realization, it's so embarrassing because I'm like, I'm 13 years sober. I should know better, but I don't. Like I'm still, you still know better, learning. but you're still gonna do this refer back, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But I think that's like, and I know, like I'm hard on myself about those things too. Yeah. Probably not, maybe not as hard as you on yourself. It depends, <laughs> right? Because we're all kind of different levels of difficulty for ourselves. Yeah. But like the idea that um, you could just let go of that. Yeah. Right. And I guess the idea of letting go, though, is figuring out what ways we're connected still mm-hmm. to that thing, right? The food or whatever it is, right? Because food's a big one for me, too. Yeah. Like, I have to be careful, right? Because yeah. there is control in that. Yeah. And it's a lot about letting go of all rules, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. And I have a lot of rules. Yeah. I like rules. Well, you know? I, did you, do you find that you created those rules? in order to feel like you had some control? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Because I, I didn't realize I was so controlling until I came into recovery. I thought I was <sighs> laid back. Everybody even told me, dude, you're so laid back. And I'm yeah. like, that's because I've never told you what goes on inside my head. <laughs> right? Like seriously. And then all of a sudden the gates opened. Right? And it's like, oh my God, I am all about control. Like fucking rigid control. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the rules. That's why mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, 
that's probably why I like the big books so yeah, much because sure. I'm like, this is the line, mm -hmm. you know, this is the black and white and it's never, mm -hmm. it's never black and white. Yeah, I know, but, but it's, it's the illusion of it. <laughs> right like yeah. it's, it's illusion of it so that i can feel like i have control exactly yeah. but i mean and then once we start to realize that like 13 15 years sober we realize what we've done like yeah. we've and i'm not saying it like it's a bad thing because we're sober so it's not bad it worked whatever it was right yeah. but it's kind of like you can look back and go okay i don't need so much dogma here i don't need so much like rigidity here what i need is some flexibility yeah. not with picking up or not picking up but the flexibility with how we get about not picking up, yeah. right? Um, and the flexibility for other people. The well, that's kind of what it is. It's like leaving that flexibility for others, right? Yeah. yeah. Because just because I came in and AA was, that's where I stopped, right? But I didn't stop. It's not true. Because what really happened was it got me to grow in different directions outside of AA, which I feel is the, the in my mind, that's what a good program is all about. Oh, give you a sure. foundation and then boot you out the door so you can go live it right yeah 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 you know and it's it's living the life including the the program in my life and trying to do you know not do all of that but like give it to god all of that mm -hmm. like okay god like i'm at the point or i just here you go yeah you know it's and it's always so much easier it's like here you go i've <laughs> I'm begrudgingly giving it to you because mm -hmm. I have no other freaking choice. Like here, here is some things mm -hmm. and some things that, you know, it's yep. a lot easier. It's like, oh, okay, I've come, you know, like, oh, I am really selfish and self-centered in this area and because of this, this and this, and mm -hmm. it's okay. It doesn't becomes a lot easier yeah. for some stuff. I'm like, why can't I just stop? Why can't I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Know. Why are some things so hard and other things so simple, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking about it the other day with behavior modification. It's like the the theory of behavior modification is great. Yeah. You don't you don't even ask about what you're feeling. You just fucking change the behavior, right? Until you're faced with a behavior you can't fucking stop. Yeah. Then you have to find other things to help, right? With that. Well, then what do you do if you can't stop? Yeah. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's obviously my power. I have, I don't have the power to stop in yeah. myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't for a lot of, you know. Lots of that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So what's your life like? So you came in, <laughs> you got sober medicine hat. Yeah. What has your recovery been? What is, tell us about the last 13 years. Okay, so. And we want every day. We want every, every day, day for 13 years. Day one. Um, was uh, dumping out all the vodka that mm. actually there wasn't a lot, a whole lot of vodka. It was like a little tiny bit in the back of my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's good you only had to dump out a little bit. <laughs> I dump out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I drank it all. I was, you know, I was living in, you know, I had to live within my means or yeah. manipulate others to. I had just get come back from way. vacation, so I had yeah. some extra stuff with me, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta dump all this shit out." <laughs> That's what happened when I quit smoking. I'm was like, it? I gotta tear up all these cigarettes and flush oh. them out the toilet. Yeah. So, no, it's been it's been up and down, mm -hmm. good and good, bad and ugly. Um, um, yeah, I've always in the 13 years I've always sponsored, mm -hmm. so I've always been involved in that. Um, taking through, not always sponsoring. Sometimes I'm just taking someone through the yep. steps. 
and I take people through the steps that I don't necessarily sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, it's because you're a good human. <laughs> and you want to help people, regardless sure. of who they are, right? Yeah, yeah, or it's so I can stay sober myself. <laughs> you know what, though? There's got to be a little bit of that. Yeah. If there's nothing in it for self, we're not going to do it. Like, seriously, there's got to be a little hook for self in there. But right. as, as long as people are willing to show up, I'm like, yeah. yes, of course, let's do this. You know, it's something I love and I'm passionate mm -hmm. about. You know, it taught me how to live. I didn't know. Yeah. In the beginning, I went back to school. Um, I graduated high school when I was younger, but I really struggled with literacy. Mm -hmm. um, and I always kind of have. Uh, so that's been... You know, I have my guilt and shame around it. And then I have my, okay, I'm look at where I've been, mm. you know, I've, and where I've come, like where I'm at now. So yeah. I remember this guy at a meeting, he said like, the only measuring stick is your own. Like you, mm. you can only, you, you're the only one who can measure it. Yeah. From yeah. where you were to where you are now. Yeah. So that's one thing that's kind of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. um, just using my time. I've been in a few relationships in recovery. That's always yeah. been been spicy. Yeah, how much fun is that? <laughs> There's nothing as pure as a relationship in recovery. <laughs> when it, and by pure, I mean two people who are absolutely only out for self. God. Oh. I speak for myself, of course. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. So that's been interesting. My first four years, I did not get in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I was completely terrified, but also deep down inside, I was like, God, just get me a man. Like, I just need a, a mm -hmm. guy. Like, all I wanted to do was be in one, That's, yeah. you know? And um, so that was interesting. That was the first probably <laughs> eight years of hard learning. Um, so that's, yeah, relationships and sobriety. I'm not all for the, you know, don't get in a relationship for a year. Yeah. I, I do not preach that. And that's, you know. I don't either. I make a suggestion to some people if it's if I notice it's one of their issues. Yeah. But I don't tell people they should. Because how the fuck do I know? Exactly. Who yeah. am I to be like? Seriously. No college or university. No yeah. relationships. No, you know, go to mm -hmm. 90 meetings in 90 days. Like, that's just not me. That's yeah. not... I know, so. and they tell you not to, to get a new job. I did all those things. Right. I, I, get, I left my career to go into a totally other field, right? Like in the first year, I had probably four relationships that year. Oh, yeah. God. Relationships. Yeah. Loosely associated to relationships. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like, you know, one night relationships. Like that <laughs> happened. My first, like I talk yeah. about, I wasn't in a relationship. It was like, hey, let's like hang out for a month, mm -hmm. you know? And then yeah. I was terrified. So I'd be like, yeah. no, I can't do this, mm -hmm. you know? So Yeah, needless to say, it created some like, some people in my, in our lives that were probably hanging on much longer than they needed to, <laughs> right? Like I know for myself, when I look back at earlier, the first few years of recovery, I'm like, those poor fucking people, man. They were just hanging on, waiting for me to get better, yeah. right? Yeah. Or they saw me coming a mile away. They're like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, or that. Yeah. That's how I knew I was encountering a healthy woman, was when she said, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, you want to go out? She's, no, you're fucking Dave, dude. 
<laughs> I know all about you. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I got that a lot in a finger. I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You keep that little thing over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, they just saw the tornado of crazy coming their way with the googly yeah. eyes like, hey. And they're like, no. No. Yeah. So. No, thanks. So yeah, I did that. I did, you know, medicine hat for years and then mm -hmm. I moved to Calgary. I've been in Calgary ever since. Um, and yeah, I came here and I was like, if this is AA Calgary, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. What was your first encounter that led you to think that? Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think it was a, a, like a combination of mm. things. It was missing. It yeah. was really, it wasn't, it had nothing really to do with AA mm. Calgary. Cause I love AA Calgary. Like, yeah. honestly, like sure. I love being here. I love the people that I know in here. It was, I think it was a lot of fear, mm -hmm. of course, of yeah. re starting to connect with people that didn't know me and didn't know my backstory, didn't mm -hmm. see me when I first came in. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, all that thinking about me. Um, <laughs> it was that. It was missing the people that mm -hmm. I that I loved and cared for. That yeah. really, like, just taught me a whole different way. Of that first living. four years of recovery would have been tough to leave that and yeah. move somewhere else. Like, I, I haven't thought about that until you just said it. Yeah, it was. It was something I I had like solid feelings about. Mm. This is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was not easy. I was always told, like, if you go to a new meeting, you go to a new city, you're not there to change them. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to, to be part of the AA Calgary yeah. scene. Yeah. So, yeah. And now I love it. I I know lots of people. We <laughs> do mm -hmm. lots of stuff. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what kind of stuff do you do? So, I mean, really, what we want to do is talk about how you stay sober, right? Yeah. Like, what what keeps you here? What has kept you here? Because I know your life is no different than anyone else's. It's been fucking up and down. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. since sobering up. What keeps me here is 100% yeah. is God. Yeah. Like, 100%. N knowing that I have a purpose. Mm. Like, I did not have any kind of purpose or direction or understanding of my life. I feel like I was a horse running with blinders on mm -hmm. pre sobriety yeah and the blinders have been lifted and the horse's hair is like swaying in the wind mm -hmm. and it can just it's a wild horse now yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, it's free like it was so i was so contained and so boxed in and now yeah. i can just i am i am given permission to just be myself mm. and be okay with that yeah. and i didn't even know who i was mm. i remember like looking up um, all these questionnaires, like personality tests and being like, oh, okay, this is who I am. Like, trying to just, of yeah. course, doing the steps, of course, but like just tr on this discovery of like, who am I really? Mm -hmm. And y yes, I'm a rigid person at times, but I'm also mm -hmm. like somebody who loves really hard mm -hmm. and, um, is really passionate. I get really obsessed. Like we were talking yeah. about catamarans and like, <laughs> You know, I am obsessed with getting a catamaran yeah. right now. Like, I am going to sail around the world. Yeah. You know, um, and pre-COVID, like, that was not yeah. on my vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, just, yeah, discovering. Yeah. Discovering myself. I think that's, that's such a key point, right? 
is no. that we're, we're going to uncover ourselves. And we might not like everything we see, <laughs> right? Of course we're not going to. But the reality is, like, we have to accept that just like the other stuff. That's right? right. We just have to accept that it is. It might change. It might not change. Yeah. But recovery is such a, it's so nonlinear, hey? Like, I like the comfort. It's very comforting to know that God looks at me and is like, you are so beautifully amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that, when I'm twisted up inside and I've got off the phone with my sponsor <laughs> and we've talked about it, mm -hmm. you know, just like having, having a God that just thinks I'm like the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of like music mm -hmm. has really it's driven me through sobriety it's yeah. it was there before what are your what are your key like thinking back about music because i love music too mm -hmm. what are your key bands albums like through the years like what are those for you oh yeah it's i'm like i'm not gonna say like it was some indie band it's yeah. definitely like mainstream pop music like yeah. what's on the radio um <laughs> it's, but it's enough to motivate you yeah, it's an yeah. it's it's not it's more like enough. It just connects with me, mm. you know, like I'm trying to think. So when I first got sober, I listened to like James Blunt because he was mm. really big. And um, who else was the other one? I still have their their um, Sex is on Fire. Those guys. Okay. Yeah. Kings of Leon. Like yeah. I listened to their whole CD forever. Mm. Um, but then I like, I like all genres of music mm -hmm. and right now I'm listening to a lot of Post Malone mm -hmm. and like, um, Christian music. <laughs> that's okay. You know, so it'd be like, oh. I say that's okay. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll accept you even though. Yeah. You know, like I've always like had a soft spot for like hardcore rap music mm -hmm. It's, <laughs> that's funny me too I grew up on yeah. that yeah like yeah. you know a white girl from New Brunswick like in a small <laughs> town and me and my friends are yeah. we're like rocking out to Tupac and Biggie and mm. all that stuff so it's it's really part of our culture too I think yeah. to be well those be those that. artists spoke to us though they, they spoke, spoke to me yeah, for sure yeah and for, yeah for you yeah. too yeah and not just us but like so many people who may not have not, like you say, from New Brunswick or whatever, yeah. doesn't matter, right? Because you're a human. And yeah. the struggle that I think a lot of early gangster rap talked about was stuff that we could all relate to a little bit. Yeah, like the, right? the teenaged angst. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I like right now I'm really into uh, Waymaker. Hmm, no idea. It's a, it's a Christian song, mm -hmm. Waymaker. Um, I'm trying to think of the lyrics, but I can't remember. That's okay. Um, yeah. You could make shit up. I guarantee <laughs> nobody out there is listening to that, except for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's obviously more people listening to it. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know there is, man. Those, those bands, like, whether they're whatever genre they are, man, every music has a fan. Oh, for sure. Or fan base, I should say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, just lots of that, Dan, you know, um, around the eight-year mark, I met Dan. Mm -hmm. and I fucking um, love Dan. Oh, I yeah. love Dan. He's a good man. 
He is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, and it's funny because when I met him, I was like, no, mm-hmm. I do not want to be in a relationship right now. You're way too young for me. Mm-hmm. Asian guys don't like white girls. Like I had all this crap up in my head that, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was so the not stories true. you tell yourself, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and he'd text me and be like, "Hey, how is your day?" Like just you know, we've been together for seven years, which is been that unbelievable, unbelievable. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> I just look at him and he's like, we've been together for, for a long time. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, this is a long relationship I've ever had. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, let's just keep going the way yeah. we're going. Strange territory. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, I am, he has like this innocent gentleness mm-hmm. about him, but he's still like firm and he's not the t- my normal like, mm-hmm. like alpha, I'm going to like ram it down your throat kind yeah. of guy. He's just not. And I think that's why I was so like, no, I don't think you're right for me. He's not younger than me, actually. He just yeah. looks younger than me. Um, yeah, he just, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to love him. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and before him, it was hard, right? <laughs> and mean, my, mom's, my mom would be like, why are you in a real, you're so frustrated with him all the time. Like, why are you in a relationship with him? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah, it's so fucking weird, man, looking back at it, eh? Yeah. Like, why why keep going at people that aren't fits for us? Yeah. And it's not like they're not the right people. No, it's not that they're not good people either. Yeah. Right? Like, amazing, yeah. beautiful people. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I, I look at Riley's dad, I'm thinking, man, that guy's a, you know, he is so perfect for his wife. It's not mm-hmm. even funny, you know? And they are yeah. so great together. And we were young. And he, his dad is just, you know, he has his things, but I can't fault him for who he is, yeah. you know, and just stuff like that. So, cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of getting over myself, I think, the last, yeah. the last 13 years. Well, I think that's what recovery is, right? Yeah. Get over ourselves, man. And stop, like, I did a lot of blame. I mm. still, I still very easy, easily to blame. But. Yeah, I fall into it, too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, like, faceless people you can blame. Like oh, The government yeah. and... Or the cashier, you know, you blame mm. you can take it out on them. Like, yeah. yeah. So I have had to make a few amends to cashiers. That's oh my for sure. god, yeah. I've had to make amends to people in public <laughs> places over the last twelve months. <laughs> Probably more than I have in my in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Just Every that. time I'm like, it's so embarrassing. I should know better. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. God. I was. Uh, I had a like fucking meltdown at the bank because I thought that. This was like a weird, like, I, I'm going dis- to divulge this, even though it's probably pretty embarrassing for me. But we're at the bank. Heather and I were there. She yeah. got a grant check for her art, right? So nice. she, was, she wanted to cash it, but she also wanted it to be put away so it wasn't all spent. So yeah. she wanted me to take it. And, of course, we go into the bank, and the bank probably thinks I'm fucking scamming this check to try to get her <laughs> money, right? Like... Even though I am like sweet as pie, yeah. And then we leave. They treated us like we were fucking criminals. Really? So, yeah, at my bank, my branch. So we got treated like we were fucking criminals. I've been there for 15 years, yeah. At least, if not 16, right? Almost my, if not my entire sobriety. So almost 16 years at that same bank, and they treated me like I was a criminal, and like she was a criminal, and so I was 
instantly I thought they're doing this because she's indigenous. Like mm. as soon as we left, I'm like, she's wearing her sash, like her Métis sash. She's wearing okay. stuff. And I'm like, so as we're walking <laughs> away, I'm starting to get mad. We're out now. They're not going to do it. They're not going to help us. So we're out. Go, and she's got to go to her bank and all this stuff. Everything was fucking fine. I just had to fucking deal with the fact that I was mad yeah. because they were treating my partner, who's indigenous, like a piece of shit. Almost worse. Well, it was. It was worse for me than them treating me like a piece of shit. Because I know that she goes through that and that other indigenous people go through that everywhere, right? Yeah. And so that was motivating my dumb brain. So I went back there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I went why back, I love you so much. Right? Well, I, I went back there and I, I said, you guys are fucked. This yeah. was fucked. I, I, I get it. If, this, if the rules say, but you never said that. You didn't tell us it was rules. Yeah. You said you had discretion and you were choosing not to help us. To me, that just says bigotry, whatever is going on. And I had a nice target because I'm Mr. White Guy with an indigenous girl. So I went back in there with a sense of entitlement and holy fuck, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Like embarrassing. And of course, now that we're sober, I don't get to just fucking forget about it. No. I'm sitting in this <laughs> office with this manager who's trying to articulate to me um, this person who supposedly did all this. Now, again, I am not suggesting whether that human hates indigenous people because I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, what I do know is that person was a person of color who absolutely probably did not intend that. Yeah. And I took it and ran with it. And then I had to fucking eat humble pie. Yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> swallowing that pie was hard because I went back in there and I faced this woman and I said, I am so fucking sorry for my entitlement. Yeah. You did not deserve that. None of you deserve that. And, and the reality was, and I'm not telling you that story because I was so good. I'm telling you the story because the only reason I went back there is because I couldn't fucking get it out of my head. And I knew right. that if I didn't, I might drink. And not because that will lead me directly to a drink, but because I've been around this long enough to know that that place of rigid sense of entitlement that I was coming from, that's going to get me fucking drunk. Yeah. Right? Where I think the world owes me this fucking thing. And, of course, it illuminated my fucking privilege. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in there, like, sitting there with this other white guy who's the manager, right? And he looks at me when I'm telling him this, and he looks at me and he goes, this is really tough area for you and I, isn't it? And I said, this is really hard, man. I don't know how to fucking describe this. Like, but the reality is, as we were talking, I, I, it occurred to me what I had been doing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he just, he kind of, he was patient. So thank God he was patient, because he's like, he's going to catch up. This guy's like here talking about it because he wants to do better, right? Yeah. And th I think that him and the, the, the teller for just giving me that forgiveness, right? Not that I deserved it. I didn't. I didn't fucking deserve it at all, even though I went back there and laid myself at the mercy. <laughs> like, I mean, that's how... <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 right? I, yeah. I try to make it sound like that because that's how ridiculous it was in my head. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm just going to go back and make everything right again. Well, the reality is, no, that's not what I was trying to do. What I was trying to do was just get right. Yeah. And it's right. those moments of yeah. realization that, I don't know, like, I, I want to say I love, even mm -hmm. though it's the, all the pain of, like, I love here them. you go. I, yeah. It's like, oh, that is, yeah. 
to me, like that is sobriety in a way. It is. To me, that's what I, I, that's what I would refer to the elders who taught me. Yeah. This is what they're talking about. Yeah. Is being able to be fucking wrong, dead wrong, and go back and say, you know what, I was dead wrong. And I just was, to know like, oh, this is my, this is what I did. This is my part. Yeah. And this, and yeah, just the levels of it. Yeah. Yeah. The different levels of my part in things. And it, it's so, yeah. I mean, I know right now, like, uh, race is in the forefront of lots of people's minds because big. it's a big deal right it's now. It's in my right? mind. Yeah, you mine know, too. I got biracial kids. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of discrimination against mm. um, Asian people yeah. because of the COVID. Yeah. That was a question I was going to ask you later, but I'll ask you now because yeah. it came up is like, what is that like as a biracial family? Mm. Like in, in terms of, yeah, just what's it like? Um, it For me, it's, I see a lot of things happening to women, not mm -hmm. just not you know Asian women, mm -hmm. because I, and I think like oh they're too much of a coward to say anything to another man. Yeah, I so, would agree with you on that. Yeah, if that's all they're doing is attacking women for sure. Exactly, yeah. and it, I, I don't watch the news yeah. a whole lot. I don't blame you. Because uh, I'm like whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just talking, it's not a big discussion in our mm -hmm. house. It's not like, it, you know, Dan has experienced that since he was little. Mm -hmm. And I haven't. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a, you know, majority white mm -hmm. neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it was all white except for like one person mm -hmm. or one family. Yeah. You know, and everybody was very... You know, I feel like everyone in my personal family, we, my parents, you know, they're very, they are not racist at all. Mm. They're very like, oh, come sit at my table. Like, mm. we will all eat together, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, my sister, when I met Dan, she's like, oh, it's tough. It's about time we got some flavor in the family, you know, like just kind of <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah. but as far as like safety and things like that. Yeah. Um, has, he, has he talked about it getting worse? Like for him, like when he leaves, I mean, just in case you guys have talked about it, I don't know, but mm -hmm. like in terms of leaving the house during this time where a lot of people who are, I'm going to say they were already racist anyway, yeah. they're just coming out of the woodwork now. So, cause it seems like more and more, the longer we're stuck inside our houses, looking at our screens only and not encountering humans in the flesh, yeah. we're losing touch with the fact that some humans are just awful. And we shouldn't listen to everything that's on that screen. Yeah. Right? Does he does he go does he experience any race like extra racism now or not extra he, racism? What the I know fuck? what you mean though. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. He hasn't like said anything either way. Mm -hmm. Um but he he did say like when he first came to Canada. Yeah. You know, there was a huge immigration of people coming from Vietnam after mm -hmm. the war. He's Vietnamese. And um you know, he experienced a lot growing up. Yeah. You know, especially being in like small town Alberta. I think, it, you know, the, the further people, like you said, people are on the TV, the further yeah. they are away from experiencing other cultures and things mm -hmm. like that, then, you know, the, the more ignorant they mm -hmm. can be. Yeah. I don't know. It just. And that doesn't really matter on time and place. That's yeah. just kind of the nature of things, it seems, eh? Yeah, so he hasn't experienced anything. My sister-in-law, who I love, my, my brother's 
wife is also is also from Vietnam and she her friend experienced um, she racism in the city of Calgary. Mm. Somebody telling her to go back to her own country. She brought like COVID here. Yes. Oh, fuck. Since COVID, yeah. she was on the bus or at the mall or something. Jesus. And I'm like, are you kidding? I was like, I wish I was there. I know. I would tell them. That's funny. I'm thinking the same thing. I wish I was there too. Frig. Except if we were there, they wouldn't have said it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like, I'm like, our, like we live in such a multicultural yeah. country. It's so strange to experience that this racism exists in our country of multiculturalism. Yeah. But it does exist. Like there's no question. Yeah, on so many levels. For everybody. Yeah. I think everybody, I would be lying if I said I haven't been some form of racist mm -hmm. in a certain kind of way, whether it was knowing or not. Well, it was yep. usually not knowing um, because of my own ignorance. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. My ignorance led me to all kinds of ridiculous yes. conclusions, right, in my yeah. life. And I think, I don't know if it's the same for you, but now that I feel like my ignorance is loosening, and by loosening, I just mean like the the hold that I had on that old truth, right, yeah. Yeah. Is, has loosened long ago. And now gradually that that shift from ignorance to getting some information yeah. is, um, God, man, it, I don't like to admit it, but I the know. truth is, I still am. I'm ignorant. There's so much shit I don't know about yeah. in terms of what other people go through that um, I don't know how I got away with telling myself I knew, but I did, yeah. right? Like I had that, that um, probably what it sounds like. It probably sounds like uh, I'm a white guy, therefore I can solve your problems. <laughs> Even though I've never once thought that, but there was a part of me, and I, I, the reason I say it, there was a part of me, is because I remember times where I thought I could save people, right, from long before I came into recovery. But there was a time where I thought I could actually, and that shows my ignorance because I, and my arrogance, because I actually thought I could save somebody. Yeah. Because I thought my way was the way, right? And, and like, what, a, what an eye-opener when you realize that your way is not the way for everybody. Yeah. It's the way for us, right? Like my way is, was my way, and it's got to be the way it's laid out. Darcy's is Darcy's way, yours is your way. But definitely not, yours don't have to be my way to be right, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and on, a, like, on a family level, like people are really, like, you know, so I live with Helen, Dan's mom, mm -hmm. who, her and I, you know, for all, <laughs> for all the hard times I've probably given her more than she's given me mm -hmm. is, you know, she's a beautiful woman, easy. She's, she mm. is easy to get along with 95% of the time. Same yep. with myself. Yeah. And, um, you guys were made for each other. We, we, we really were yeah. honestly, um, you know, just listening to her stories about the sacrifice that she and her husband made to come mm. and immigrate to, to give their kids a better life yeah. than what they could have experienced. When did they immigrate here? Um, in Dan was like 18 months, so 80. Oh, geez. Yeah. So that post Vietnam War era would have been still kind of like. Oh yeah, they're yeah. like you know, like literally you know going, going through what everyone mm -hmm. else was going through post war, like the you know, Jeez. just trying and to get out. They lived there during the war. Yeah, they did. Trying to get out after. Jeez. It makes me so, like, 
it, it has opened me up. Like, you know, you're talking about being more mm -hmm. like, oh, like to how, how extremely blessed we are to mm -hmm. never have really experienced any type of war in our own country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, thank you, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Thank you, God. Seriously. And then I, yeah, when you say that, I think, yeah. And, and the, but there are, there are, the indigenous people of North America have only experienced that. Absolutely. Right? And it's, it's like the, that, but that's what did it to me was open me up more. To be in a, yeah. Yeah. yeah was to be in a, be in a biracial yeah. relationship, right? Where, yeah. and where Heather is really in digging into culture because culture is prevention of like further yeah. trauma, right? Like really. Um, and that just does, it opens the, the door to seeing things in a way I couldn't have seen otherwise. Absolutely. I wouldn't have known. It allows you to not necessarily always, but to kind of put yourself in their shoes mm -hmm. to see where they're coming from. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And even if when we put ourselves in those shoes, we see that we could never be there. We yeah. could at least see the perspective that they have. They're bringing something, people who've been marginalized, I mean, in general, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're bringing something that we've always been told to ignore. Right? Absolutely. Like we've been told to ignore the indigenous ways. It's not scientific. It's not this. It's not that. Right? Or we've been told to ignore the ways of the East because they don't match up with the ways of the West. Yeah. And, and like one of the things about that that really sticks to me is how, how the fuck do the governments and the powers that be in North America expect things to get better <laughs> if, if they're never willing to do anything different? Like, and I know that, I mean, I don't want to get into politics too much. I know it probably like is politics. a shitty subject, right? Because basically what I've come to the conclusion of is that politicians are fucked, right? <laughs> like whatever party you vote for. I don't know about for, that if I agree with that. You know, like yeah. I, I just, once they get to a certain level, I feel like their brain shuts off. <laughs> and they stop doing things that are reasonable, right? Like just simple things. Or so it seems. I think it comes... Yeah, I don't know. I've never mm. been a politician, but me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I I are they just trying to do the best for them or are they trying to do are they there to be of service to us? Yeah. And that's the you question, know? and I don't trust them anymore. And what's the intention? Yeah. What's their intention? And are they going to take that intention and turn mm -hmm. it into action? You know, where's the action? Yeah. You know? And the things they do that like our government Specifically, we could talk about our government and the state's government all night long, probably, and have a well. I just want to say, even even the the <clears throat> you know, when I think about the indigenous community, I think about the water supply on yes. the reserves, like yeah. stuff like that. You yeah. know, like what the heck? Yeah. They should, you know, people. It, we live in Canada. I grew up. I I grew up in extreme um, poverty. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, I you know, eating rhubarb out of the backyard, mm -hmm. stuff like that, stuff that I don't know if we might have to edit that out because I don't want my parents to hear, but, um, but to know like that, you know, there's children that live in Canada that mm -hmm. live in such extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. It breaks my heart because we, mm -hmm. you know, we're not, we may not necessarily be part of the 1%, mm -hmm. but we're part of the 5%. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Fair enough. I've listened to a lot of uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> cool though. It's, but it's, it's good to get the, the mind open to that because you're right. Yeah. And, and, and when you said that about, uh, about growing up in poverty, I can appreciate that some people would think that that's a downside, right? Mm. Um, because that's how it's portrayed, is that if you're in poverty, obviously you're 
we're just going to pay attention to someone else, right? Yeah. But the reality of that poverty and coming through that, every, every color experiences poverty, right? Mm -hmm. Every race experiences poverty. Now, obviously, some countries have way more than others. Like, I get that. We're supposedly an industrious society and that we, have those, we don't have these worries, yeah. right? But the reality is totally opposite from that. Yeah, like, sometimes I feel like I should... Like I, I feel guilty mm -hmm. for, for that because it wasn't as bad as someone in like mm -hmm. another country, yep. you know, where it's worse. But, but for here, that but it's is, relative. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And again, I'm not comparing all these things to other places. We can't do that, right? We, yeah, we but just I mean, for myself, yeah. on my inside, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's that insight, that feeling of like, this just doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah. Right, like it just doesn't feel right to sit back, or not that I ever sat back, but I was obviously I was a part and parcel to the ignorance spreading for a good portion of my life, right? Yeah. Um, part and parcel to the problem of um, the overall. Um, I don't even want to say the word because people out there are going to be like, "Fuck <laughs> you, Dave," because I'm going to say the overall white supremacist appearance of things in the West, right? Mm -hmm. If and I, I get it. I get it. Not all white people are racist. I get it. But doesn't mean we haven't participated in the racist system, right? Mm -hmm. And for myself, I won't speak for other people because like you said, poverty doesn't know any difference. No. Poverty is like alcoholism. It could give two shits whether you're white, black, brown. It doesn't give a shit, yeah. right? Um, poverty is a mechanism of control, right? Uh, and anyway, I, I could get off on a fucking tangent about that. And then we'd both be here yelling. Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> why? Which might be why? good. Why? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, why would you do this? <laughs> I, I think like, um, I guess uh, this is, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I'll say this though. Yeah. I, I, like if I could go back in time, mm -hmm. I would not change it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I wouldn't. Knowing what I, where I'm at now mm -hmm. and the strength, like the resourcefulness and you know, I got always got a little side hustle going mm -hmm. on. Got to you know do something like, <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it's made me who I am. It's made my relationships with my siblings, mm -hmm. like we talk, we I talk to my siblings, except for my youngest brother, on an almost weekly, if not daily basis. Mm -hmm. And both yeah. of my parents, yeah, you know, and it's Skype, it's Face, uh, not Skype, mm -hmm. FaceTime or Messenger, yeah. or face to face. But yeah, it's it has just forced us to be, cause you know how people talk about like they go to third world countries and mm -hmm. they see that they're so tight knit families yeah. and they're yeah. so happy. I'm like, Oh, cause you, you, it, it's not so much about jumping on the wheel mm -hmm. to get, 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 Yeah. you know, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's a, a, another side of the coin, like For sure. wanting to have that prestige and wanting to appear like I'm like, I have more than I do mm -hmm. like that, that definitely like, shines its face up there <laughs> right me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know god man you said that i'm like oh yeah. fuck you know, guilty <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah definitely guilty of being like living outside of my means which yeah. is like very very caucasian <laughs> it, like right? who you know like, yeah we're all about debt man we are all about debt all about debt whether we owe the crown or whoever we are all about owen and people owing us yeah because we ought to perpetuate that right yeah. yeah it's crazy it's crazy that system yeah it 
you know, my church offered a um, Dave Ramsey course. I didn't know mm -hmm. what I was getting myself into. Yeah. So who's Dave Ramsey? You'll have to tell <laughs> okay, us. Okay, so Dave Ramsey is, um, he's American. He um, teaches people about finances mm -hmm. and how to get out of debt yeah. and stay out of debt. You know, he's a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. um, and I only say that because to like show his reputableness. Because mm -hmm. um, he came he, from somewhere else, obviously. He came from bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, did that course and just, I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. I have been paying little fees and paying my credit cards and I've been like, I'm not telling my money where to go mm -hmm. and now I'm telling my money where to go. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's, it has taken me to another level. I feel like, yeah. oh my God. Well, it, it's kind of like what you've mentioned when you talked about ABA, right? Yeah. It takes us to another dimension. Mm -hmm. If we can add something anything, whatever it is, if, if it's positive in some way, yeah. right? Like if we can add that to our life, to our recovery, like it's obvious from others that we can witness now that that helped, right? Yeah. That it's, it's way easier for us to live if we have more as a, more support and what support can look like is all kinds of stuff. Right? Oh, for sure. And I, I think that like one of the, I mean, there's so <coughs> many fucking ways that white privilege rears its head in my life, man, that every time I start thinking about it, I'm just like, holy fuck. Really? Like, well, I just thinking about like, don't get me wrong, it's not all white privilege, right? Like, no, this I is know. obviously yeah. on my mind a lot yeah, yeah. because of what's going on. But it's like, yes, I was I was very lucky to be born to the family I was born with, first mm -hmm. of all. But that family's white and has been white. <laughs> yeah. From both places they come from, right? However, in some, like, I was reminded by someone that in one of the places I come from, Ireland. Mm -hmm. The Irish people, hey, me right? Too, yeah. Yeah. Word. <laughs> like, Irish yeah. in his house. <laughs> but I was reminded that the Irish were persecuted. They were. Right? Like yeah. for forever. And, and still are in some people's minds by England, right? Still yeah. persecuted. And I forget all that stuff because here in North America, um, that's really not, it makes a huge difference in how I look at the world, right? Because now I see the world a little differently. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a reason why I feel so connected to this issue, right? Or to the, to the reality, I'm not even gonna call it an issue. It was an issue back when the Indian Act was first created, then it was an issue. Now it's a fucking travesty, mm -hmm. right? That we still look at this act and define people by it. When it was instilled, indigenous were not people. They were less than people. And yeah. I think we for, I forget that. I forget that the way they were, people were treated back then, whether indigenous, uh, people of color in the States, the way they were treated still exists today. Well, it's built right into the, it's built right in. Exactly. From the beginning, yeah. right? Right yeah. from the beginning of colonization. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I'm coming in as like, okay, so we did Ancestry DNA. Okay. Right? And yeah. I'm coming in to, like this, realizing that, you know, I'm part of the early settlers to mm -hmm. New Brunswick. Like that's what it's early settlers. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And there's like, you know, so I'm part of the, I'm part of all of that. Mm -hmm. Do I want to say like, I'm part of the bad side or the good side? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I want to say now in my life today, I want to be part of the solution mm -hmm. side. Yeah. 
Like, how can I best help the indigenous community? Because mm -hmm. I thought for sure I was at least 5% indigenous. Yeah. I was like, my great-great-grandma? <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I was actually a little disappointed, to be mm -hmm. honest, because uh, knowing that pre-DNA, yeah. it, it, it made me feel more connected to being Canadian. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds yeah. weird because nope. lots of people are like, not at all have their own thing towards mm -hmm. the indigenous community and but me i was like kind mm -hmm. of disappointed that i wasn't that i'm not part of yeah, <laughs> yeah. even though i would never be excluded yeah you know in mm -hmm. certain you know to a certain degree so I, well yeah, yeah. because we, we, you, you look white right well i am white well exactly so even if we had like five percent the we would still get away with stuff oh, that other sure. people don't, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like Heather. She talks about it because she gets like away. she looks pretty white. Like she, she looks white. She does. Yeah. She's yeah. been discriminated against for sure because some people just see it differently. Really? Yeah. And it's it's very strange. But she even talks about it. She's like even even I'm white privileged mm. by the the shade of my skin, right? Yeah. That if you didn't ask her, you might, or if she didn't wear stuff outwardly that. Um, identified her as Métis, like the Métis sash and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. She's gotten away with all kinds of stuff, yeah. right? That other people haven't, you know. And once, once I started listening to, this is, I, I feel like an idiot because I had all this opportunity when I was in the states when I was younger. But of course, I was so fucking selfish. <laughs> I didn't care about race because I didn't care about anybody else. Like it wasn't exactly, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a fucking issue for me because I was a selfish motherfucker who only thought about him. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, well, I'm not. I'm still selfish sometimes, but not to the extent where I'm able to disregard what is actually happening to people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And as a result of some things that I participated in. Right. Yep. And it. I guess one of my. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm like that. Too. Like before. Like I feel like before getting sober and like starting to like look out on the world it was so ingrown like mm -hmm. i would you know they say like a, an ingrown hair it was just so yeah. i was so ingrown and now it's like you can oh my god there's all of this going mm -hmm. on yeah 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 and it's weird because i you know there was a period where i i, I wish i tell the story all the time but there was a period where i, I wish this had happened sooner but i'm so grateful it happened when it did yeah um obviously hindsight's 2020 so of course i wish it happened sooner so I wouldn't have been so stupid so long. <laughs> but the reality is, it happened when it happened. Yeah. And I, I think about it in terms of what's happening now down in the States, right? Mm -hmm. And here, people of color are discrimi discriminated against here. Um, but I was in a group, um, a group, and I was one of like three non-Indigenous people in this group. Yeah. And this gentleman from the group said, said to me, he said, uh, he looked at me, you could tell I was having a hard time, what we we're talking about, mm -hmm. because it, it, it makes me sick what we've done to people, right? Like, mm -hmm. in, in, by we, I mean the colonial <laughs> perspective that I was adhering to, it, it, it was an eye-opener as to how absolutely detrimental to the culture that my culture has been, mm -hmm. right? And whether I agreed with the culture or not is relevant. I was living with it, right? And taking that plausible deniability, saying, well, it wasn't me, right? Yeah, it wasn't me. It was, you know, however mm -hmm. many, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. wish people could hear someone out there because this guy said something. He said, David, he goes, we don't blame you. 
but we have to be able to talk about it in front of you. Yeah. And instantly when he said that, and I know I say it all the time, Darcy's like, fuck, here it comes again. <laughs> but it, it's, it was such a, <laughs> see, he's laughing. He's like, I was thinking that. <laughs> no, no, no. But Darcy was, was thinking about how, what time we're going to be done. So yeah, home. totally. He, he also <laughs> pointed out that we've already been talking for an hour. So have we really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! We've been talking for an hour. I wasn't going to say anything because I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is that like, it, it was that when he said that, it opened up the floodgates for me to just be like to be there, yeah. to be present, to hear all that I need to hear. Like, and I did not like it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. There yeah. was parts of what I was hearing where I was like, "Fuck!" Inside my head, I'm like, "No!" All those like. Um, sorry for yelling on the recording, dude. But it's like all those voices saying, no, 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 it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And, and so now when I see other people of my pigmentation saying, well, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I'm like, oh my God, I know. Yeah. But let go. Yeah. Because it wasn't. But, those, but we still need to hear it, right? Because for some reason, between the time Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated... And today, we forgot. We forgot that we didn't solve that fucking problem. Someone assassinated the solution to the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Like, a part of it. Like, a part yeah. of the solution. Obviously, I am being very general and a little fired up, but... Yeah. What were you going to say? <sighs> wow. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's so... It's, it's, there are, I just want to say, like, there has been huge strides made. Mm-hmm you know, to ch- it's to change an entire system. I it's know. to change people's minds, Yeah. you know? And like you said, I think you really hit it. Like you had to go through what you went through mm-hmm. um, with your idea, your thinking and have it changed so that mm-hmm. the next person that approaches you with the same old thinking that you had, you yeah. can be like, hey man, I, kn- I know how to help you with that. Yeah. Like I went, I totally went through that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's really like, oh, it's painful. It is so painful. Yeah. It's so painful like, to go through it, but then mm-hmm. to be on the other side and be like, I can help. I, yeah. I know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Like I have felt the, you know, having that being able to relate, like yeah. that is just, and for me that started in, in getting sober. Yeah. You know, people, yeah. I could relate to people. They could relate to me. Now I can, you know, oh, I know what that's, oh yeah, See, let's and talk that, about yeah. this. That's one of the greatest things about the, the 12 step, group traditions right is that you sit yeah. down in there like I was thinking about <laughs> it a lot earlier you sit down in a room though and you can literally hear from other people what you've yeah. been through yeah. and that that bridges that gap of from I have sympathy for you to oh no I have empathy because <laughs> yeah I've been empathy, fucking on fire yeah right I've been on fire with you um but yeah and I, I want to be able to express like how painful it was to go through what you're talking about when mm-hmm. you have to, when you face your own shit right yeah. which is what happened when that guy when that guy allowed me to feel <sighs> badly about what I was hearing and not take it personal it's okay to feel badly about what's happened and not take it personal mm-hmm. but I got to tell you anyone out there listening and I've said it before uh, um, in terms of that process of growth that you're talking about like hey I, w- I went through this Here's what helped me go through this. Well, what helped me was just to go through it. I'll be honest with having people I could talk to, like Darcy, like Heather, Mm -hmm. even Darcy and Darcy's wife, uh, Darcy's daughter. Like, fuck, she has changed my life. Yeah. 
just how she talks and handles herself as a um, indigenous human, mm -hmm. right, and woman, and whatever else she decides to identify herself as as time goes on. Yeah. Um, the reality is, it was painful. I'll be I'll be honest with you. It was painful. I was sick by it, physically yeah. sick. The when I went back for a second because I'm a fucking glutton, I went back for a second training session and was literally ill from yeah. from all of the stuff that I had to take in. But I, I don't regret it because when I went through that, I knew something was shifting in me. But if you think about, like you think about history class, you, like New Brunswick wasn't actually bad because they talked about the Mi'kmaq and Maliseet communities mm -hmm. in history, but yeah. most of it starts with colonization mm -hmm. forward yeah you it's know? what happened what we did for them after. so it's even like such a young age you yeah. know and like my kids I like I just I want them to be proud of like I feel like the strength that mm -hmm. they have come from not just on the Vietnamese side but on yeah. the on the Canadian side as well like um yeah. you know I want them to know like and be okay like this is who you are mm -hmm. you know good bad and ugly yeah you know and I think being proud of my of my heritage, mm -hmm. and um, being also understanding that other people have their own heritages yeah. and their own their own growth and and their own way, mm -hmm. and it's not my place to tell people like you shouldn't do this this yeah. and this to connect with your God, yeah, because I came in like that, mm -hmm. you know, I came in like. If you tell me that I need to pray five times a day and worship another God, mm -hmm. if you tell me that I need to smudge and do all these things to worship, and I would, I would never have had mm -hmm. any of it. Yeah. Where now it's like respect. Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey man, you, God is so good that he give that he's a gentleman mm -hmm. or she's a lady, yeah. whatever. He's not gonna force himself mm -hmm. on me in any kind of way. Yeah. He's, or anyone else. Yeah. You know, how I connect and how other people connect is, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I can't think of a word. Well, it's, it's, it's personal. Matter, yeah, it's personal. It's so personal. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to be, and I think, like, every time I listen to, to people who talk about religion and stuff, and I'm not religious at all, so mm -hmm. when, I, when I listen to, like, speakers, like Martin Luther King Jr., for example, very yeah. Christian, right? Very Christian. But it, the idea of, turning that theology into a reality was what he was about, right? And that's what, that's what I appreciate about some people of religions and faiths is that they, they're not just talking about it. Because yeah. if all you do is talk about it, I'm going to be like fucking tuning out. I'm going to be like, oh, it's you're like telling you me know, how good right? God is, eh? Like, yeah. fuck you. It's like you know it. People know yeah. when you're just talking yeah. and when you're like, well, not everybody, but most people know. Most like, most people in recovery know. Yeah, we just like, don't always know how to articulate it. Because <laughs> exactly. we can smell a con, right? Like I can. Yeah. I can smell a con like been the best there. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because we've been there. Yeah. Most. I'm not speaking for everybody. I should nope. say because I've been there. Yeah. You know. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. I say I, I don't fall for cons very often, and it's coming off off of the heels of literally I almost got fucking conned on the email. <laughs> like it's so strange, eh? And I and you, we've talked about this, I think, for, probably for months, off and on, about not getting caught in those email scams, right? I don't 
know what email scams you're talking about. What are God you talking help about? us. Oh my gosh. So, well, I'll tell you what happened because again, I don't mind I've been telling... phoned by the CRA a few times. Is that Those, kind of like the same line? Same idea. Yeah. Same idea. Except the CRA, of course, I'm so fucking, I know the CRA don't do that. But of course, <laughs> that totally, when I say I know, that closes my mind yeah. to other possibilities, right? And that's a fucking waste of time because I almost got conned. I got so close on the weekend, or no, Monday, I guess it was, um, Tuesday, it was Tuesday, it was the day after you and I vi videoed, um, and I, I got an email, and it said it was from the uh, administrator here at the church, her name's Joanne, so the email said it was from her, and it, it, it was almost, I'm going to say almost, because the more I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I should have fucking knew, but it almost sounded like her and my correspondence. Oh. Like they lit, so they must have gotten into our emails or whatever, her email, mine, whatever. And I was so taken by it that it was her. I didn't even question it. Yeah. Because arrogance told me I knew. And then, you know what else I did though? So this is the good lesson <laughs> for people who don't want to learn the hard way, like me. Yeah. And I'll try to help you with that. Um, the funny thing is, is I, I also kept it a secret. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started keeping it a secret, I knew that I was trying to hide it and yeah. be arrogant, right? Because I knew that if I kept it a secret, nobody would know how stupid I was. Right. Right. I can't get discovered on my intelligence. Right? My God. So, so here I am. Oh. I go. I almost go through with the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And I'm talking. I'm finally talking to somebody. Happens to be my dad, who's like super sharp, and he's like, "Wait a minute." He goes, "An email." And, he, and, and I hadn't even fucking registered that it could be a lark. How dare they, right? <laughs> and I know. Look, I am telling you, I am absurd at times. <laughs> like, this was absurd because I was so target locked on giving this to Joanne because I really like Joanne. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite humans. She's very kind. Um, and so I wanted to help her, obviously. They knew I wanted to help her. And so I, they asked for $200 worth of iTunes cards. Should have been my first clue right? Because iTunes cards is always the way the scam starts. Yeah. How about you said, but they didn't say a thousand dollars. They said 200, which in my mind would have been reasonable for Joanne to ask me for. Right. And so I go out, I get the gift cards, right? I haven't sent the email. They want me to scratch well, it I hope off. you went to Costco because they have a good return policy. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got, so here, but here's the thing. I let it go way too long, way too long. So oh my God. I get the gift cards. I then bring them back to, and we're, we're over at my folks in their backyard. Yeah. So we're all separated. I'm saying that on purpose. We're all separated by six feet or more. And, <laughs> and so. We have the long stick to that's prove right. it. That's right. We have the stick. <laughs> um, we have the tape on the ground. Um, uh, so I yeah. go over there with these gift cards and I'm like scratching them off in the kitchen. And my mom says, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm scratching these off for Joanne. I'm going to send her, send her these things. And then we're talking about it. My dad's like, what are you doing? And then we're talking and then we're out in the backyard with my brother and his wife and my partner and my niece. And so of course I'm embarrassed. Once we get out there and we start talking about, I'm a fucking, I knew it. I, at that moment I knew, yeah. I did not know it before that. At that moment I knew I was fucking had. So we go through this process and of course I did at some point message Joanne to ask her, but way too late, right? So this money, I had sent the email with the scratched off things. No. The only thing that's, that saved it was the next email they sent me was asking for more money than I knew for sure. 
right, that it was a scam. Yeah. And I so quickly, I got lucky here. Yeah. I got lucky that I was talking to somebody finally. I should have been talking about this all day long and I know better. Doesn't matter that I know better. I'm still going to fucking do it. Right. Until I learn what I need to learn. Um, and arrogance is my enemy is what I learned. So, of course, we, I, I, we clue in. I figured, I'm like, Heather, you got the only iPhone. Get all the iTunes money on your phone. Right? And she did. She managed to get all 200 bucks onto her account. And so then I sent a response back to the email. And I said, just so you know, I've turned it over to cybercrime. And fuck you. Because <laughs> I was so pissed off. Well, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I'd be living. But it was all embarrassment. It was just embarrassment. Exactly. Right? Like, you should have, like, I should have known better. Well, the, you but know how would funny? you know? Like, you just, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah. You don't know, no, yeah. but I knew. Yeah. Because there was a, I know that when I don't tell somebody, when I specifically avoid telling them, and I did with Heather, she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm just doing this thing for Joanne. I didn't want to talk about it because I knew that something was wrong. Yeah. Right, and I just didn't listen to myself. Were you mad at yourself because you weren't like you didn't listen to that little voice that's like, scratch, scratch? There's something going on here, yes. and you're like, I should have just investigated more. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. was the first thing I was regretting, and then the yeah. second thing was that I was like a little bit, def well, I was more than a little bit. I was defensive with my dad, yeah. and he was literally doing the best he 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 did what was right, and he's, I was so glad because afterwards he goes, I thought you were getting pretty fucking annoyed with me, and I'm like, Dad, I was annoyed how ignorant I was. That's what I was annoyed with. Yeah. So every time you said something reasonable, I was firing back with whatever. Just like, absurd shit, right? Doesn't Nothing. it make you thank God for the people that love you? Because they put up with so much. And it's yeah. never them. Well, I mean, just some, usually it's them, actually. It's, it's always them. No, I'm just kidding. It's rarely but them, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's always like... Something yeah. in us. Mm -hmm. It was Because it was definitely in me. It got yeah. stirred up, right? I get I, that embarrassment too. Oh like, God! Because I, I struggle, because I I struggle with reading for so long, and the mm. the, you know, the intelligence and not like I should know I should be smarter, but mm. you know, instead of just being like I am who I am. Yeah. You know. Totally. That's what that's what kept me from wanting to talk about it was I should yeah. be smarter than this, Dave. Why did you do this? The best way to do this is to hide it and don't <laughs> tell anybody and just right. lose the two hundred bucks, like. Literally, yeah. in my ego, losing 200 bucks instead of telling the truth was acceptable. Because, I mean, you've gone this far. You might as well go the whole way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck! But, I mean, that spills back all the way to, well, I've taken the first drink, so I might as well go all the way and get completely shit-faced. You know? Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's too it's, late now. I've had a drink. Yeah. Where's the fucking tire fire? <laughs> Well, Where's the good old kitchen party <laughs> when I need yeah, it? That's right. <laughs> Man, it is just so funny. Like, the, as an alcoholic, just as a human, I will go to so many lengths to avoid being embarrassed sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it reminded Same me thing. as to why I work so hard not to lie, even about little things. Oh my God. Right? Because it's that little thing. Like, do right? you remember? I remember the first time I, because I'd always like tell lies to get out of things like mm -hmm. oh i just oh this and this and this and the first i can still remember the first time i told like the actual truth about <laughs> me not being able to do something or i didn't want mm -hmm. to do something or i can't remember the exact you know instance but i remember the feeling and the mm -hmm. feeling oh, oh my god that was so much easier 
Why did I just tell the truth? Right? Oh my gosh. Oh like, my god. It's like so much easier. Back in the back in the old days of working before sobering up when it would be like, dude, you don't have to spend an hour lying if you just say, Yeah, I didn't do it. I know. <laughs> like but it never occurred to me, man. It, I need to have an excuse why I didn't do it. Oh, I gotta tell I you an didn't... excuse and then I gotta come back to the conversation <laughs> a little while later just so you know yep. that my excuse is solid. To reinforce the excuse, yeah. Yeah, and like people, it's like, no wonder we were, like people were like, oh my God. Yeah, flabbergasted with us, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah. like when I first told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm, in, I'm, I'm going to AA. I fully thought she would be like, mm -hmm. you don't need to go to AA. Yeah. You know, you, no, you don't need to do. And that would have been my excuse to, to mm -hmm. be like, bye. Yeah. No, she was like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's so, that's the, that's the mom and dad way. God. When they're just like, thank God. Yeah. 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 Well, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for coming. It's really nice to talk to you. Thank you. It's nice to see you and talk you to you. And yeah, it's not always nice to hear your perspective on stuff. <laughs> no, it really is. And I know that some people like you're not the only one who laughs when I say that, because sometimes people think that just because I might not agree with them fully yeah. that I don't want to hear about it. I, I do. I love it because I want to be challenged. Yeah. I, I realize how ignorant I've been in my life. And I realize that the only way for me to and maybe others, I don't know, the only way for me to get away from ignorance is to fucking hear it man hear it from people yeah, what they lean think, in right yeah the real you though not anything else yeah that's yeah. what i strive to like at first i had to get to know the real me yeah and then i could be like okay i'm gonna just try to like put the real me out there yeah. <laughs> i always respected that about you <laughs> i still do yeah yeah, yeah so, i same i have a lot of respect for you too dave oh thank you yeah thanks again for coming on here Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.